Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mod Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Mod Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's your host, Lamont, Lee Mod Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. As I prepare for tonight's show on Halloween, I'm excited to be here. Hope everybody's safe and having a great night on this Halloween night, 2018, October 31st. And I just want to kind of kick off the show, talk about a little, little bit of everything. Uh, NFL, uh, get my picks and predictions later in the show. Uh, we'll go around the NFL, kind of recap some of the games from last week. I thought it was impressive. Uh, but at first, let's kind of just talk about the Houston Texans. Texans made a big splash in the trade deadline yesterday, picking up Demarius Thomas. The six the six three receiver out of Denver for the Broncos he used to play with the Denver Broncos. Now he's with the Houston Texans, and the Texans picked him up due to the fact that they lost their one of their receivers in Will Fuller to the uh, to a knee injury last week. He tore his ACL. He's done for the remaining of the season. Season uh, Will Fuller was very productive for the Houston Texans uh, this season. Uh, but some reason he can never get over the injury bug. Last year's preseason, he either had a collarbone injury, had the knee this year, and had some other ailments and some injuries that kind of kept him off the field. But when he's out there, he's been very productive. So the Texans have been very active. They're very hot right now in the five-game winning streak. They jump out there and make a trade with the Denver Broncos for Demarius Thomas. Now, in my opinion, I think Thomas is is really good receiver for what the Texans gave up. Texans gave give the Broncos a fourth round draft pick and a possible swap in the seventh round for next year's draft in 2019. Uh, and it just tells you that Bill O'Brien, as well as their new general manager, is looking to win now. Uh, the sense of urgency to win now is, is at an all time high for the Texans. <clears throat> they want to capitalize on the success they've been having the last five weeks on a five-game winning streak, and actually they play in the Denver Broncos on Sunday afternoon. So I thought it was a good pickup for the Texans in the right direction. It's another big frame, big size uh, wide receiver that can be able to stretch the defense deep as well as go across the middle. Uh, he's a good complimentary, or from what I'm thinking, he's a good complimentary receiver to DeAndre Hopkins on the opposite side for the Houston Texans. So, uh, they lost Will Fuller, but they picked up Demarius Thomas, and I thought it was a good pickup for the Houston Texans in their offense moving forward. Uh, Demarius Thomas was introduced to the press as well as the Houston media uh, today locally, and he actually practiced with the Houston Texans. And some of the feedback I'm hearing back from other players, and uh, the quarterback is Sean Watson is saying that he thinks he's a good element, a good piece to the puzzle, uh, will really help this offense out offensively now gives the Texans as well as the dual-threat quarterback and Deshaun Watson opportunities to be able to extend plays and find other big receivers when he's extended those plays. So uh, all in all, it feels like uh, Demarius Thomas is a nice pickup for the Texans. Uh, I like the aggressive move by Bill O'Brien and the general manager. We have to go after Demarius Thomas. Uh, I think Demarius Thomas was looking for a fresh start from Denver, uh, you know, having – Casey Keenum out there as a quarterback. and Denver is pretty much, I want to say they're 500 right now, and, and not really dominating like they did a couple of years ago where they had Peyton Manning 
it just feels like Demaris Thomas, from the outside looking in, at the age of 30, is probably looking for a fresh start. And the Texans give him that fresh start. i got to be honest, this is a business. The NFL is definitely a business. And the fact that the Broncos let go Demaris Thomas for a fourth-round draft pick and a swap for the seventh round because he has a, health, he has a, a, a very expensive price tag on the back end of his contract, I want to say somewhere around $17 million. Uh, that he's due to be paid. So John Elway, the general manager for the Broncos, so like since he had got calls from four different teams, one being the Texans, it's best to use that leverage and take you know, an opportunity to move Demarius Thomas while he's still hot and his uh, interest in his player at the time so he can be able to capitalize on that and build for the future. Uh, so all in all, kind of wrapping that up, I just felt like Demarius Thomas is a good pitch for the Texans temporarily right now uh, for the fact that Wolf Fuller is down. They need a, is there is a, a demand and a need for a wide receiver for the Houston Texans on the opposite side of the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, as well as the fact that the Texans are rolling on a five-game winning streak. They need to keep this momentum going offensively uh, after struggling and losing the first three games this season. So, uh, you know, have, how much impact will Demarius Thomas make? On Sunday afternoon in Denver against his former team, I think he'll make a huge impact. I think he knows those guys very well. Going against guys like Chris Chris Harris, uh, other corners uh, in practice now, going against them in game game type speed, game environment. He knows their tendencies. He knows how to uh, maneuver within the zone and just practicing with those guys. Will it be awkward and weird for him? Probably so, but they're all professionals. So I just think that he will be able to make that adjustment maybe, uh, you know, somewhere in the first half. It might take him a while to get adjusted, but he will make those adjustments. I'm more concerned, can he pick up the schemes and and, and the play as far as what the Texans are requiring him to do now that he's in a new offense with less than a couple of days to play his formal team. Now, he can be coached up on the sideline. Guys can kind of lead him in the right direction. But until he's very comfortable in the offensive setting, uh, that's when he's going to really make his uh, his impact for the Houston Texans. He's going to get open. Now, don't get me wrong. He will get open. Demar- Demarius Thomas will get open and find opportunities to find the football. And having a dual-threat quarterback like, like Deshaun Watson, he will get the ball in his hand. So, all in all, Demarius Thomas will be successful here for the Texans, in my opinion, going forward, if he's able to stay healthy, uh, play with a positive mind, and bring that, st- that same work ethic his skill set he had for the Denver Broncos, he would make a, a huge splash against his former team on Sunday. All right, the Houston Texans played the Miami Dolphins last Thursday night. You heard me talk about the game, give you my picks and predictions as I uh, covered that game last Thursday night, and it was an amazing game for the Texans uh, offensively. You know, Deshaun Watson, he threw for five touchdowns in that game. Uh, it just felt like the Texans was rolling offensively in front of their home crowd. On a major platform, Thursday night football to kick off week eight. Uh, and, and they continue to win that, that winning streak for the Houston Texans. Offensively, I just thought they was rolling. You got to give credit to the offensive coordinator as well as uh, the head coach. Well, he is the head coach. The head coach and the offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> He's wearing two hats. He did a phenomenal job by making play the, the right play calls at the right time to give Deshaun Watson that confidence and, and, and ability to be able to find his receivers in the open field, and as well as to be able to move those chains. That's the most important part, 
is moving those changes and extending the play and sustaining third third down, sustaining your drives and be able to move the ball down the field. The Texas scored in the first two quarters and they just exploded in the second half, putting up 14 points in the third and also in the fourth quarter, finishing up the game 42 to 23. Uh, kind of looking at the box scores here just to refresh my memory from that game. Uh, again, Deshaun Watson, he had 239 yards, five touchdowns. Most important, he had zero interceptions. Uh, he struggled early on the season with the most hit quarterback uh, in the first three games. He's starting to fall in place now, going into his, well, in the second year, not going into the second year, midway in the second year as a quarterback. You start to see the confidence coming along for the young man, and uh, he's minimizing his interceptions and turnovers. Another thing that stepped out there, or jumped out there offensively for the Texans last Thursday night against the Denver Broncos, I mean, Denver, Denver Broncos, that's this Sunday, against the Miami Dolphins, was the fact that Lamar Miller, again, I talked about this week in and week out, and A.Y., you can contest to this. I talked about the Texans having a balanced attack. If they can get a balanced attack and have a running game with Lamar Miller, they're going to be successful. Well, Lamar carried the ball 18 times. He rushed for 133 yards and averaged 7.4 yards a carry and had a rushing touchdown. That's consecutive gains over 100 yards for Lamar Miller. Now, again, Lamar Miller picked up from the Texans a couple of years ago. He had a successful year for the Miami Dolphins. He played for Miami, University of Miami. He's from Miami. It's only right for the young man to showcase his skill and go all out against his former team as well as his hometown team, and he did a phenomenal job rushing for 133 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Lamar Miller slimmed down. I talked about that. He slimmed down a little faster this year, not as bulky, uh, and it's starting to play for him. Uh, you know, early on, he didn't get as many reps. I don't know if it was due to injury or just due to confidence, but you can definitely tell his confidence is back, and he's rolling right now offensively uh, for the Houston Texans. So that balance attack needs to continue for the Houston Texans on Sunday as they go on the road and play the Denver Broncos. Receiving-wise, uh, Will Fuller, again, he had five receptions for 124, one touchdown, uh, receiving touchdown. Unfortunately, he went down in the fourth quarter with that ACL tear, and he's done for the remaining of the season. DeAndre Hopkins had six receptions, 82 yards receiving, and two uh, receiving touchdowns. But that one reception that was called back that didn't count was a phenomenal catch. Uh, that one-handed grab that he pinned against his leg, going down, they took it away from him, saying it was a pass interference catch. Uh, I mean, it was a highlight reel waiting to happen, but it was just it just got negated from that, that um, pass interference call against DeAndre Hopkins. Well, let's look at the stats. Six receptions, 82 yards, and two uh, receiving touchdowns. That just tells me the chemistry and the continuity between the quarterback and Des- uh, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are starting to jail and starting to feel more comfortable with each other. He was targeted seven times. DeAndre was by Deshaun. And, De- and Deshaun is uh, finding a way to give him the ball early and often. You know, the D&D combination is starting to work for them. Uh, DeAndre is all pro. He's going to play at his highest levels, one of the top receivers in the AFC South, one of the top receivers in the, in the NFL. So, uh, I really like that chemistry, and hopefully it can continue to go on as they go on the road. Jordan Thomas, uh, you know, he came in, stepped up his game, four receptions, 22, 20, 29 yards, and he had two receiving touchdowns. So Jordan Thomas contributed as well to the Texans' success last Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. And as uh, so you hear the music right there, 
it's time for us to take our first break, and let's go ahead and break. When we come back, I switch sides and go to the defensive side of the ball and break down the Houston Texans defense versus the Miami Dolphins last week. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mike Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On Halloween night, October 31st, 2018. Hope everyone's out there safe and having fun on Halloween. And I want to continue to talk to Houston Texans this, this segment. Talked about the Texans offense in the first segment. Also talked about them picking up Damaris Thomas in uh, the trade deadline yesterday. I thought it was a good pickup for the Texans. And I broke down the skill set and ability of Damaris Thomas and what he'll bring to the table for the Texans. So this this segment here, I'm going to kick off talking about the Texans defense. And right now, the Texans are rolling five-game winning streak. Uh, their offenses are, are finding ways to get it done. With that balance attack now with Lamar Miller running the football, he rushed for 133 yards and one touchdown last week against the Miami Dolphins, his former team, his former hometown team. So a couple of guys who really jumped out there to me last week in the Thursday night win. Uh, of course, Kareem Jackson, the rookie, Justin Reed, they're doing a, a great job back there. 
Tyrant Matthews, Honey Badger, he stepped up as a leader, vocal leader for the Texans, as a safety. So the secondary is starting to play a little bit better. I fly around, make plays. I really like that. Uh, you know, up front, the Texans D-line, one of the top lines in the AFC South and in the AFC, J.J. Watt, uh, continued to get sacked. He had one last week against Miami. Davion Clowney is playing in this contract year, still bringing a lot of pressure against those quarterbacks, and he's playing for that money contract. So, uh, you know, one of the things, Jonathan Joseph, the 13-year veteran, he went down, he didn't return to the game. Another guy that got injured was Zach Cunningham, uh, the linebacker for the Houston Texans. So they had a few injuries defensively, but their nucleus is still there, and the guys that really produce and help them more than every, well, can't say every Sunday effort, but uh, every week, let's say that, and for every week, is still intact for the Texans. So, uh, Kareem Jackson, here's a guy that went from playing cornerback to now playing safety. Uh, it's, it's really fell right in love with that, that safety position. Had a total of nine tackles, and out of the nine, seven were solos, and he had a tackle for loss. Uh, you know, he knew that they were going to come after him, um, and he was ready for the challenge. Justin, Justin Reed, you know, he's the guy that's improving out of Stanford, the rookie. Uh, it's a phenomenal stepped up bid for the Texans, too. I just talked about how the secondary was picked on early on in the season. Now it's starting to fall in place and things starting to roll defensively for the Texans. Um, you know, just overall, Justin Reed, uh, you know, with that one interception that he had that I can remember, the one interception that he had against Miami was huge. It was huge momentum booster for the secondary. It was huge for the rookie. I want to say that's his second interception for the season. Um, you know, he, he comes in with a lot of experience because, you know, he's a rookie. His brother is Eric Reed. Eric Reed, you know, plays with the Carolina Panthers right now, and he learns a lot. He talked about learning a lot from a scheme-wise uh, for, from his brother in the offseason. He's also learned how to mature and come into the season and play well. And right now he's doing his thing. Uh, yeah, I can confirm it now. He has two interceptions for the season. I'm looking at his personal stats uh, thus far here going into week nine for the Houston Texans. So defensively, the Texans are starting to play better. Uh, they're playing uh, as, as a unit instead of individually. Guys is making some bad plays early in the season, the first three losses. Uh, Got to give credit to Romeo Cornell. He's doing a better job coaching up the guys and having to prepare mentally and physically for any challenge that they're going to face. They're going to face a huge challenge on the road this weekend against the Miami, I mean, excuse me, against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are a very tough team to play at home, especially this time of the year. Going into November, weather's starting to change a little bit. Not as cold like it is in late November, early December in Denver, but it's cold enough for an indoor team like the Texans will have to make a time, will make some kind of adjustments on the road. Now, what I'm looking to see is if the Texans, uh, offensive line, I'm going into my preview of the Texans versus the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Now, the Texans offensive line has struggled. It has been, that's probably the worst uh, unit on that team this year is the offensive line. Going against guys like Von Miller and that defensive front, it's going to, you know, you know that they're going to bring that their A game because they're a team that knows they really can't block uh, very aggressive pass rushes. We saw that when the Texans played Jacksonville. Uh, they struggled at times when the Texans played New England. They came after 
uh, Deshaun Watson, and just teams know if you can get against, and even the Cowboys. The Cowboys played uh, the Texans very tough up front, in my opinion. So, you know, having um, having an offensive line that's still developing and not as consistent as you want brings some red flags as you prepare to take that five-game winning streak on the road against the Denver Broncos team. Now, Denver is not the old Denver that you saw back when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning or they're not the same team in the past, but they still have some competitive guys. They have Case Keenum. He's a dual-threat quarterback, a guy that we all know very well here in Houston because he played with the Houston Texans. So uh, Case Keenum will come out and try to perform well against a team that he played for and a, a city that knows him well because he went to the University of Houston. He's going to try to come out and, 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 and play mistake-free football uh, but you know the Texans are going to put him in a position defensively to uh, force turnovers. He, right now he has 10 interceptions this season. And if you rattle Case Keenum and get him out of his groove and don't let him settle his feet, he's a quarterback with throw interceptions. you got guys like Honey Badger back there, Tyron Matthews. You have Kareem Jackson playing safety now. I don't know the status of, of Jonathan Joseph, if he's going to play on Sunday or not. But the safeties are pretty much licking their chops right now because they're under the impression that if they're at the right place at the right time and play the defense that is called, it's a possibility that they can get a sack, not a sack, but also get an interception against Case Keenum. So with all that being said, the Texans need to go out there and just play their game. We'll do what you've been doing the last five weeks, and I'm going to continue to say this. Run the football, especially on the road. Give it to Lamar Miller. He has a he only has 504 yards so far this season. He's on pace of getting a thousand yard season if you continue to feed him the ball. He only has two rushing touchdowns. Establish the running game early. At least try to. That takes the pressure, a lot of pressure off the offense line uh, early on in the first quarter because you don't want Deshaun Watson continue to get hit as the most hitted quarterback because that plays in the psyche and the confidence off your offensive line. Uh, guys got to be able to block Von Miller. You know he's the top pass rusher right now in the NFL. He's going to come off that outside edge, and they're going to try to disguise him and get him in space where he can be free one-on-one against uh, some of the guards as well as the tackles. And he has the explosiveness and the explosiveness and the power in his the lower, lower body power to be able to force his way inside to get a sack against the Houston Texans. So it's going to be exciting to see. Do I feel the Texans are going to win this one? I don't. Um, unfortunately, I got a feeling that the Texans are going to find a way to not play mistake-free football. I think that a lot of times you can get caught up in the hype. And I'm saying the Texans are on the hype when, on this five-game winning streak. What I'm saying is that uh, sometimes you, get a, you can lose sight of reality uh, and, and, and it takes a game like against the Denver Broncos that you lose to kind of continue to allow you to stay focused down the road. Now, uh, will Denver come out and do something spectacular? And, and just No, I just think it's going to be a good, solid game where Denver's going to feed up their home crowd and find a way to get it done. I don't know how they're going to get it done, but they're going to find a way to get it done. Now, if the Texans win, and next week I talk about it, then I explain to you why Denver won. But at the same time, going into it on a Wednesday night, Halloween night, 
I'm thinking that the Texans going to pull, is not going to pull this off and Denver's going to win. I could be wrong, and a is going to call me out on it next week, but we'll see how it plays out for the Houston Texans. So uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's pretty much it I have for the Texans. Recapping their, the Dolphins game as well as previewing the Denver Broncos game. So let's see. Let's go ahead and bounce to the next topic I was going to talk about in the next segment, but we're going to get into it now, and that's the Packers versus the Rams. Now, if you've been sleeping on the rock the last eight weeks, you might not realize that the Los Angeles Rams are 8-0, 4-0 at home. They, the Green Bay Packers traveled to L.A. for the first time in a long time since – uh, I want to say, shucks, maybe in the early 90s, if I if I nailed that one right. But Green Bay went to, uh, went to L.A., played the Rams. Man, this game was very competitive. I don't know if you saw it, A-Rod, or not, but it came down to the wire. The Rams winning this game 29-27. to It was impressive. Two guys, you got a guy out of Cal and Aaron Rodgers. You have another guy that's out of Cal that looked up to Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff going head-to-head. Rodgers finished the game. 286 yards, one throwing touchdown, and Jerry Goff, impressive game. 295 passing yards, three touchdowns with no interceptions. And the key was that the fact that both teams were throwing jabs at each other, both teams were going at each other offensively, but it just felt like the Rams' defense, that high-power defense, especially that defense line, stepped up. Aaron Donald got that new contract, and he proved the reason why he got it, got that pressure and got that sack on Aaron Rodgers, and they kind of the, held off the Packers at home. Uh, it was a much-needed win for the Rams, even though they were remaining undefeated. I just thought it was a very competitive game uh, for both teams. That's what you really want to see uh, with marquee uh, franchises. Uh, the Rams, team that made that transition from St. Louis to L.A., uh, now starting to feel comfortable back in L.A. It just feels like the fans are behind them. A lot of Green Bay fans out there. I don't know if you noticed that A Rod in the last game, Green Bay traveled to LA. Well, didn't realize there was a lot of Green Bay Packer fans in LA. But I don't think travel just travel well, but it was already there. But just felt like the stadium was half and half. But I was impressed. I was impressed what I saw from the Rams as they continue to stay undefeated and they beating the Green Bay Packers twenty nine to twenty seven. All right, hear the music. That means it's time to take a break. We're going to take a break and continue to go around the NFL next on Outside the Huddle with your host, Lee Mob Williams, on the Voice America Sports Network. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. 
This week on The Revolution, we're on a big game conquest for moose, grizzlies, whitetails, and more. Tune in as Stan Potts of North American Whitetail and Tim Brent with Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures talk big game hunting. Plus Jake Edson of Bushnell and Steve Nessel from Yamaha will discuss optics and off-roading. Jim and Trav's Big Game Conquest is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On October 31st, Halloween night. Hope everybody's safe out there having fun, trick-or-treating, getting those candy and bringing it home. Be safe out there. All right, back to the show, segment number three. Talked about a little bit of the Texans in the first segment. Recap their game against the Dolphins, as well as, well as Demarius Thomas being picked up in the trade deadline. Uh, kind of broke down the offensive game plan for the Texans against, well, the offense uh, execution against the Miami Dolphins and defensively for the Texans against the Dolphins and kind of previewed and gave my picks and predictions for the Broncos game uh, on Sunday for the Texans. So we all see how it plays out for the Texans on Sunday. As we move into segment number three, want to talk about the Denver Broncos versus the Cleveland, the Cleveland, the Kansas City Chiefs game. <laughs> From last Sunday, and anyway, we talked about this off air during the break, and we talked about how we thought the Broncos were going to win this game. I mean, it came out red hot, you know, on the road against Kansas City. But man, it's something that just feels weird this year that this season is destined for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it starts with their quarterback, man, Patrick Mahomes. He's doing an outstanding job for that offense and their team this year. He threw for 303 yards. I mean, four touchdowns. He has one interception. But, I mean, this guy, man, I mean, he has one of the strongest arms for a young quarterback. Uh, Some of the positives about him is that he goes through his progression so quickly to the point where his arms are strong is that, you know, it doesn't get – it seems like he catches the defense off guard at times. Uh, And that plays into his benefit. I mean, this is his first year starting. So – a lot of teams don't have the luxury and the time to kind of break down the nuances of his deficiencies into the all season. But right now, he's definitely rolling, and he has Kansas City rolling uh, from the quarterback standpoint. Now, some of the negatives, I said the interception was one interception he threw 
um, against Denver, and he's starting to starting to at times hold the ball just a little bit too long. Uh, he had two sacks against him for 12 yards. But all in all, if you coach Andy Reid, you gotta like what you're seeing out of your first year quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. He's spreading the love around to all different players. Kareem Hunt was able to be productive, also running the football, 16 carries for 50 yards. But, you know, for the most part, it was all Patrick Mahomes finding the ball or giving the ball as far as throwing the ball to his receiving core. You know, Sammy Watkins, you know, he had eight receptions, 177 yards for two touchdowns. He was targeted nine times. So that means that the fact that right when Patrick Mahomes was coming out of his break, or far as out of the shotgun position, he was going right to Sammy Watkins looking for the throw the football. Tracy, uh, Travis Kelsey, you already know what he can do from a tight end standpoint. One of the top tight ends in the AFC and in the NFL. Six receptions, 79 yards, one receiving touchdown. He's Mr. Consistent for the Kansas City Chiefs as far as throwing the ball across the middle. Now, Tyree, Mr. Speedy Hill, you know, you give him the ball, you give him space, you got to be careful because he'll take it to the house each and every time. And uh, Kareem Hunt, he got into the mix as far as receiving the ball. Uh, five receptions for 36 yards, one one receiving touchdown. And the list goes on and on and on because guys are looking to be able to contribute. Guys are looking to be able to hit themselves open because they know they get open. A young man named Patrick Mahomes has a strong arm enough to be able to connect with you and get that ball down the field. And right now you guys like what you're seeing as a unit, as a team, uh, from your quarterback. You know, Kansas City is really doing everything offensively. And if you got a really good offense, a really good good team offensively, and you're moving the ball, you have to have a strong defense as well. And Kansas City's defense has always been solid. It seems like to me they always find a way to keep, you know, teams at bay. Uh, they're 7-1. Seven and, seven and one. They're very tough at home, 4-0 at home. So Kansas City is really playing really good lights out football in front of their home fans. You got to give credit to that unit as well. You can't give it all one-sided to the offense for Kansas City Chiefs. You got to give them credit defensively as well because they're doing their thing and they're holding it down for that team each and every week. So Kansas City uh, continue to have some success. Well, have consistent success each and every week in the AFC seven and one and four and zero right now. Uh, and that's that's impressive. I'm impressed with what they're doing. I'm impressed with what's going on with them, and hopefully they can continue to let that roll this weekend as they play their next opponent. Speaking of being impressed with a team, I've been very impressed with this team on the East Coast, NFC East, matter of fact, and that's the Washington Redskins. The last two weeks I've been impressed with the Redskins. Uh, they beat the New York Giants last Sunday, 20-14 to 14 on the road, and I've been impressed a young man that everyone knows about, and it seems like he revitalized his career in, in Redskins territory with the Washington Redskins, and that's Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson has been all day, they call him. He's been running the football very well. Last week he rushed for uh, 149 yards, one rushing touchdown. The longest run was for 64 yards. Now, he's not the OAP from the younger days, but he definitely has some gas left in his tank. Uh, ben, that thumper for the tech, oh, excuse me, for the Redskins because they needed a running game. They didn't have one before he came. The, first, the guy that was running the football was, what, Chris Thomas? I mean, Chris Thompson? I mean, they didn't have a marquee guy, a guy that really uh, can relieve 
Alex Smith from throwing the football. Alex is, you know, he's a game manager. 178, one, one throwing touchdown, but having Adrian Peterson, Peterson is that good balance that the Redskins need to be very physical and aggressive in the uh, NFC East because that's a really aggressive uh, division each and every year. Now, New York Giants, what can I say? They're 1-7, and 4 at home. That's all I'm going to say about the New York Giants. But back to the Redskins. So the Redskins, for the most part, when it comes to the receiving court, they really don't have a big-name guy that can really stretch the field. Jordan Reed is being productive for him. Uh, Vernon Davis is also known from a tight end perspective. But it's their defense, man. It's, it's the Redskins running game. It's just blue-black football. It's the Redskins running game. It's their defense. Guys like DJ Swanger. Uh, his name sounds familiar to a lot of guys here in Houston because he used to play with the Texans. So he brings a different type of swagger to the to the defense for the Redskins. You know, last week he had what, two interceptions or one interception. I want to say he had two interceptions, which he did, and he had five tackles. Uh, out of those five, four was isolated one-on-one tackles or solo tackles. So DJ Swanger, the safety. I've seen him against the uh, Cowboys. He's very aggressive, very vocal. Guys need to be like that, and if you, you know, gotta have that dog on your side. And right now, DJ Swanger is that dog for the Redskins up front. Ryan Carney, I mean, uh, Carney. He's he's their defensive front guy. He's their, their main sack leader for them. Preston Smith. He's another guy. You remember he picked up that fumble and got back into the end zone for the Tech. I, mean, I want to keep saying the Texans for the Redskins uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. So. Just kind of summing up the Redskins, I really want to say I'm impressed with their running game. Adrian Peterson needs to continue to run the football defensively. They're playing aggressive, physical football led by D.J. Swanger in that front seven. And you never know. You know Scott's limits for the Redskins as they prepare for their team this Sunday, too. Uh, I'm really impressed with the Redskins. I like what they're doing. It's good for the for the team. It's good for the fans. It's good for the uh, the DMV, the D.C. metropolitan area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. So we'll see how it all plays out for them on Sunday. Hell to the Redskins. So let's see here. Oh, it's another game. How can I forget this game? Again, well, it's not a game that played last week. It's a game that's marquee and getting played Sunday night. That's a Sunday night football game between the Packers and the New England Patriots. Now, it's been a while since we've seen two marquee quarterbacks like St. Caliber as a Drew, I mean, Drew, Drew Brees is a top quality quarterback. But you got like Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. When Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady go head-to-head on Sunday night, it's going to bring a lot of ratings and going to be a lot of people watching that game from the standpoint to see who's going to win that battle. Tom Brady, Mr. Clutch, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Um, people call him the GOAT, but He's the he's the man. He's definitely the man. And then the same thing for Aaron Rodgers. The key about that victory or the key about that game going on Sunday is like um, turnovers. Turnovers and trying to play uh, mistake free football. You know, who's gonna who's gonna turn the ball uh, the most and who's gonna turn the ball early and often? Uh if the Texans I'm excuse, excuse me, if the uh Patriots is able to uh, be aggressive at home against the Packers and just put the Packers in unfamiliar territory, keep the, keep the offense on the field, keep the defense, their defense tired, that's going to work in the favor of 
work in the favor for the Green Bay uh, for the New England Patriots uh, on Sunday at home. Now for the Packers, you know Aaron Rodgers is really their go-to guy. As long as he gets the blocking and have the opportunity to uh, to find his receivers, his open receiver, he's going to be competitive. Now, you know, having that very competitive game and going down to the wire with the Rams, they come into the same situation against New England. It's going to be a tough battle, and I want to see how Aaron made those adjustments from last week to this weekend because, uh, you know, in New England is a definitely tough place to play. Uh, you know Bill Belichick is going to have his guys motivated and ready for that game. And this is going to be exciting football. It's going to be exciting to see how it all plays out. It's going to be exciting to see uh, Tom go against Aaron Rodgers. And it's must-see TV. It's going to be a, an environment where guys are going to be tuned in, like myself. I know A-Rod is going to be tuning into the game as well. And we're going to see how it all plays out. I, mean, I really believe New England is going to win that game at home. Uh, they just... Overall, they just know how to win at home. They play efficient football, and they're going to be very effective against the Green Bay Packers. All right, it's time for us to break, and it's time for me to take some drinks because I'm very thirsty. And when we come back, I'll give you my week nine picks and predictions. Next on Outside the Huddle with your host, Lee Mott Williams, on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're 
Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas on Halloween night. Wrapping up the show in the last segment. Got me something to drink on the break, so I'm not as thirsty as like I was in the last segment. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to you guys be listening to the show so we can wrap this thing up. Let's see here. I just want to kind of go right into my picks and predictions uh, tonight. Well, well, hey, I'm going to go into my picks and predictions for tonight, but for this weekend, and I talked about the Green Bay Packers in the New England game. I said the New England Patriots will win that game at home. They seem like more of an efficient, effective team at home. Green Bay coming off a loss against L.A. It'll be a tough environment to play. Sunday night football, Tom steps up. It's going to be a nice little showdown. Got New England winning that game at home. All right, so taking a step back, going to the Thursday night football game. You have the Oakland Raiders going against their cross-town rival, or the cross-bay rival, and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, it's kind of hard for me to go against Oakland when they play in San Francisco, because San Francisco is really, I think they took the year off this year, uh, you know, as an organization. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Oakland on that. Um, yeah, you know, San Francisco. I mean, they just, since their quarterback went down, they haven't been the same since. They what, lost what, six games in a row. They only beat the Lions in week two. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much over for their season. So I'm going to go in Oakland on that game. I got Oakland beating the 49ers at home. The Battle of the Bay, Oakland Raiders will win that, Raider Nation. So Sunday's game, Chicago will travel to Buffalo. Got Chicago beating Buffalo at home. On that game, Kansas City will go to Cleveland. I got Cleveland losing to Kansas City at home. New York Jets will travel to Miami to play the Dolphins. Man, this is a tough one. Let me see here. I'm going to give it to the Dolphins. Uh, from what I saw last Thursday, Brock, Brock Oswald, Oswalder, Brock Osweiler <laughs> is playing better as a quarterback, and he's, he did okay against the Texans, uh, his former team. Um, you know, Brock has stepped in and played solid, even though they haven't won. Uh, I think they'll get that game against the New York Jets. So I'm going with the Jets. I'm going, I'm going to say the Jets are going to lose to Miami, and Brock is going to have another good game for the Dolphins. The Dolphins will beat the Jets at home. Detroit. Travels to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Uh, Detroit traded their receiver Golden Tate this week. Minnesota need a need a win right now at home. Uh, Minnesota losing last week at home against. I want to say it was against the Saints. They lost to the Saints. Yeah, actually it was the Saints last week. So I'm going to give this game to Minnesota at home over. Uh, the uh, Detroit Lions. I just feel like Minnesota will play a better game in front of, uh, in front of their home fans this week, this time this time around for their home fans. So I'm going to give that game to Minnesota over Detroit. All right, 
We have Atlanta traveling to D.C. to play the Red High Redskins right now. How can I go against the Redskins? They've been outstanding with that running game and Adrian Peterson and playing really good physical football defensively, led by D.J. Swearinger, the safety. So I'm going to go with the Washington Redskins on this one over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Washington will win this game at home. All right, we're going to jump down to the, a couple more early games. Uh, let's see here. You have Pittsburgh. No, let me backtrack. You have Tampa Bay traveling to Carolina to play the Panthers. Cam Newton right now is playing solid football offense. He's leading that team in the way they need to be led as a quarterback position. And he's not really dominating a lot of in the past, like he did with his legs. It's more from him being in the pocket and finding his receivers. I think he's done a better job as a pocket present quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And it shows signs of maturity as well for Cam Newton. So I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers over a struggling offensive Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They switched their quarterback from Jameis Winston back to Fitzpatrick. And things that just seem like it's spiraling out of control right now for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going with Carolina over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. The last early game, there's a lot of early games. Uh, the last early game will be Pittsburgh versus the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is the blue-black division, a good rivalry game between the Steelers and the Ravens. Man. I got to go with the road team. Even though Baltimore's a tough team at home, Joe Flacco and company, this is going to be a tough game. It might be a 9-7 type game or 9-6 or 13-6, something like that, one of the blue-black games. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Baltimore Ravens. Nothing against the Ravens and the fact they're at home. I just uh, uh, this is a toss-up on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, the Texans will travel in the first afternoon game. We'll travel to Denver and play the Broncos. I broke this game down earlier, but I'm gonna give you a quick recap. Texans will lose this game. Now let me say that again. The Texans will lose this game on the road against the Denver Broncos. But in their five-game winning streak, uh, I think Denver will play a better game at home in front of their home fans. Texans will find a way. To not play uh, mistake-free football, they will commit some turnovers. Now, if they establish their running game, with Lamar Miller, and, and play like they played the last couple of weeks, then I might be wrong. You know, with the acquisition or the pickup of Demarius Thomas, that can help the Houston Texans as well because he's familiar with that defense, uh, the Broncos defense, which in fact that's his former team. So, I'm still gonna stick with the Denver Broncos. I just it's more of a gut decision, um, and my gut is telling me Denver will win this game. So I'm going to stick to that, and I'm going with the Denver Broncos over the Houston Texans. All right, jumping down to A-Rod's team, the Seattle Seahawks will host the Los Angeles Rams. Let me get that back. Oh, they will, say they will host the Los Angeles Chargers, not the Rams, the Chargers. Got to give it to the Seahawks on this one. I know A-Rod likes that because uh, – you know, Wilson, Russell Wilson, they're going to come into that game, fired up that home crowd. The 12th man is going to be fired up. And for the most part, quietly, Seattle's on a two-game winning streak. Don't tell nobody, though. But they're on a two-game winning streak. They have the Chargers coming in there. Uh, Phillip Rivers, that team, 
you know Chargers want to come in there upset the Seattle Seahawks, but for the most part, it's going to be too much Seahawks power. Um, offensively, Russell Wilson is going to get it done. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks over the Chargers on that one. So, hey, Rod, don't, don't hang up on me. Don't, don't disconnect my show. I went ahead and picked your team to win that one. <laughs> All right. Los Angeles Rams, undefeated Los Angeles Rams will travel and go to the Bayou City or go down to the New Orleans Saints and play the Saints. Who that? Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Will the Rams get their first loss against Drew Brees? Man, this is a, this is a hard decision right here. Um, man. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Upset alert. Upset alert. I'm going to say the Saints is going to knock off the Rams. Uh, and you say why? Okay, Lemon, why you think the Saints are going to knock off the Rams? One, Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is a better home quarterback than he is on the road. He feeds off his, that crowd and that energy. I think uh, uh, Coach Payton is going to find a way to have a different scheme and philosophy against the Rams on the road. Um, man, it's, it's just tough to go against the undefeated team, but I'm just going to say the Saints are going to win that one. So upset alert. Make sure you write that down. Uh, A-Rod, so next week when we recap the games, you go, hey, I thought you said the Saints were going to win. And I'm be like, yep, I told you. <laughs> all right, talk about the Green Bay game over New England. Uh, for you all just checking into the show, Green Bay will lose to New England on the road, Sunday night football against the New England Patriots. Uh, Monday night game, T- Tennessee versus the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys come off their bye week. Much needed by weekend, as I can speak about that. And the Cowboys will play at home, which they're a better team at home. Playing against the uh, Tennessee Titan team, do I feel the Cowboys going to win this one, even come up in the bye week? I don't think so. I think uh, there's still there's too many holes in that ship to fix. Uh, that Prescott is probably well-rested, but he still has too much responsibility on his shoulders to get things done. And I just think Tennessee will find a way to sneak in there, get a victory, and get out of Arlington, Texas, or get out of Fort Worth. Uh, Jerry's world, <clears throat> what a victory. couple teams, well, six teams on the bye this week. Got Cincinnati on the bye. The Colts is on the bye. New York Jets, they definitely need a bye at 1-7. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles is on the bye. Arizona is on the bye. And Jacksonville Jaguars on the bye this week so. That's pretty much wrapping up nine, week nine of the picks and predictions. And right on cue, as we wrap up the show, <laughs> the music is playing. So it's time for me to wrap up the show. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show outside the huddle tonight. Have a safe Halloween tonight. If I don't talk to you until next week, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.